Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast today. My guest is Sarah Annapolin. She is the owner and founder of Sarah Joy. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm so pumped. So as mentioned, you are the owner and founder of Sarah Joy, which is a resort wear brand made to empower positivity and strength through print and color. How long ago did you found and start Sarah Joy? So I did a whole lot of research in the beginning, which was in 2019, and got my LLC in 2019 with a plan to launch for spring break in March of 2020, right when COVID hit. Right, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I launched anyway, but sort of with a different angle. I had to start off differently than as planned because my factory closed down with my first round of production. Yeah, it was crazy. So I launched some virtual art parties where I had these Zoom events with friends and I was already growing a network as like a pre-launch. And so I donated money through these art parties and it ended up uh, blowing out of proportion like from what expected. And I had 800 coloring books made that I designed and donated them to hospitals. So that was like a very unexpected business launch. And then I also made tie-dye masks because who didn't make tie-dye masks yeah. in the beginning of COVID, <laughs> but it was a great way to launch my business. Honestly, it was, it was like a weird, a weird meant to be kind of thing. That's amazing. So what was the inspiration behind starting the business? So like you mentioned before, the resort where business need to empower positivity. This is something I've always wanted to do. I worked in the garment center for a long time before launching my business. And there was no question in my mind, I would have my own business. It was just about when. So I would say the general inspiration was I'm an artist. I create all the prints myself in my collection. And so how could I use my art, which is part of my mental health, if you will, like art therapy. I love art for therapy and create and, and translate that into clothing that then makes people happy. And so that was like the beginning thoughts of, of how I was going to launch it and get it together. But, you know, as I started researching, it just naturally unfolded on its own sort of. So just like a natural progression just kind of happened organically. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It really did. It's just crazy to think, you know, you have a plan and things 
naturally happen, like with my launch and everything, but it ended up, it works out. It always does. Yeah. What were you doing for a career or job before you launched Sarah Joy? So I had worked in fashion in New York City. Um, I'm New York based and I worked for a little over 10 years, I think, in all different facets of fashion. But the most of my professional experience is in print design and print styling. So any type of pattern that you see on fabric that comes from art. So for example, if you have a flower printed shirt, it's where does that flower print come from? And so the last job I had before starting my business, I was a print stylist and I managed a team of what they call CAD artists and it's all computer graphic design. So I'm a, like a big, a big technology nerd. I love graphics. <laughs> I love computers. So, and you know, it's a way to combine art, like physical art, painting, uh, mixed media art, translate it onto the computer. And then how does it work for fabric, which becomes a, a, a big technical process. Why did you decide to focus your business on resort wear in particular? What was the inspiration behind that decision? So that was actually a very easy decision. It was a reason to use all the color I wanted to. I'm a big fan of color, brightness, neons, multicolor, and really like any woman, even if she wears a lot of solid and a lot of black in New York City every day, when she goes on vacation, it's her chance to wear color. And so it felt like a natural answer to use all the color I wanted unapologetically. I didn't have to hold back. And my newest collection is bright yellow inspired by the sun. And, you know, some of the inspiration of nature is also behind my collection. So it was really, you know, of course I should be launching beach clothes when I could use all the color that I want to. Absolutely. (laughs) How did you find that transition into entrepreneurship from working in the for lack of a better term, corporate world. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard, actually. I would say as a business owner, it was easy. And maybe because of my roles in corporate fashion and in some more small companies um, really set me up for success. And my brain operates really well as an entrepreneur. But what was really challenging was the family side of it. And being an entrepreneur where I'm running my own business as someone who used to be a workaholic and I'm still battling with that, who loves what I do so much that I could work all the time. It's hard. When I launched, I had a baby and my daughter was really little. So the family aspect of becoming a business owner was challenging because of boundaries was hard to find. It is. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that because most entrepreneurs I would think, are doing something that they absolutely love to do, or a lot of them, I won't even say most, but a lot of them. And as they say, when you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work. So time just flies by and you don't even realize how many hours you've sat there working at your business. And the next thing you know, 12, 13, 14 hours have gone by. It's like, holy shit, where did the time go? Yeah, right. It's so it's, it's hard to, to put those boundaries up for yourself and follow them. Yeah, it really is. I, I actually think I spent the first year in business learning. And maybe this is every entrepreneur goes through this, but you know, when you start out, you don't expect to. I think I spent the first year realizing like it's not actually healthy to work this much, even if I like it. And how when you do take a break and take a vacation, even if you feel like you don't need it, you come back from that break so creative and so inspired because your body really does need rest. Your brain needs rest. Your eyes need rest from the screen. And so I'm getting better at it, but it's so hard, you know, because I love what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 
Right. You have said that your business is based on the principle that strength comes from within and isn't dictated by others and that self-expression and joy can be found through style. Why is this statement so personally important to you? And what does self-expression and style and fashion mean to you as the creator of Sarah Joy? So the first part of the question, really a big turning point in my life was when my daughter was born. Hmm. She's my second child. And I had a natural birth that was sort of out of character, if you will, from the person who I was growing up. I'm very sensitive. And, you know, I was always kind of, I don't want to say I was wimpy, but I was considered like, I was kind of like the sensitive sister of two sisters. And it was out of character to think that like, I could be the one who would have a natural birth by choice, just because it's like so painful. Like, why would anyone do that? And I was surrounded (laughs) by a lot of people who are like, I can't wait to get my epidural. And I ended up doing a lot of birth story research and education on my own that because I just started to feel really passionate about it. And I loved it. And I found it so interesting. And when I was in labor with my daughter, I had a fast labor, which is partially why this worked out in my favor. But I got to the hospital and I was very far along. I know you have kids, so I can share the story. You understand. Yes, of course. But the doctor asked me, you know, well, they asked if I wanted an epidural and I said, no. And I remember I looked at my husband. I was like, wait, do I? He's like, no, you don't. And (laughs) um, then the doctor asked it. Yeah. And the doctor asked if I wanted to pull her out and I got to kind of like deliver my own baby. I I delivered my own baby and it's crazy. Yeah. It was insane. It was amazing. And it was kind of like, well, if I can decide to do this, I can really do anything in the world that I want to, that I put my mind to. And it took me a long time to process that that even happened. And it was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I'm very lucky. I know that like women who want to have natural births can't always, and this worked out in my favor. I know it with my first child, I had an epidural, I couldn't do it, but it worked out so well. And it became this catalyst in my life for empowerment and for who I am actually. And to take that feeling of feeling empowered, it was, it's like a happiness and a joy. And how can I translate that into a clothing and accessory brand? Because that is the product I've always wanted to work on. And so like the, the second part of the question is really like the self-expression and joy that can be found through style. Because what I consider my business is it's like the physical form of the mind-body connection. And so like the look good, you feel good, you feel good, you look good kind of thing, which is yeah. like, I really truly believe. I know that it's just clothes, but it's not just clothes. When you are a woman who feels like whether you're having a down day or you just need a boost, like if you put on a dress that's just right, it's like a spark that's ignited inside you that makes you have a great day. It's just, it's just the truth. So that's another like piece of the puzzle in the empowerment part. And I think the self-expression is, you know, who do I want to be today? My college essay, actually, that I wrote, I remembered this recently. I wrote my college essay all about self-expression and style and how I could be a different person every day with a different outfit. I wish I could find it. I need to try and find it somewhere. So I don't know. Does that even answer your question? It was a long answer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. For sure. Yeah. When you look Um, good, you feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really, how can I bottle up that feeling and share it with the world and get other women to feel that feeling? I love that mission. I think that's a beautiful mission. Thank you. 
You mm-hmm. also say that your business strives to be a zero waste business that manufactures in small batches and using your waste fabric for new products. Can you speak a bit about that and why that's so personally important to you as a business owner? Yes. So I think that it's sort of an obvious with global warming and climate change and all these things that like creating more stuff is not ideal, right? Like right. if we could all just like cut back on our stuff. Yeah. But that being said, like if this was my life's goal and my mission to to create a collection of clothing, then how can I do it as mindfully as possible and almost like respectfully of the earth as possible? Yeah. So it's just a thought in the back of my mind. You know, I create in small batches. I use digital printing, which uses less water. And then I create new products with my waste fabric. So each collection that comes out, the one that like shortly after follows, we'll have like scrunchies made out of waste fabric. This season, I just launched braided belts. So it's a fun way so that there's no waste. That is very cool. Very Thanks. smart business sense too. I mean, Thanks. was yeah. was this something you set out to do right from the beginning from when you started your business? Like, did you always have that in mind? No, but it sort of was kind of like, wow, like sustainability is humongous. It's a big deal right now. And what I'm doing is not a sustainable business. I mean, I use organic cotton. I, so, but I, I don't want to consider myself a sustainable business, like by the true definition, but how can I be as mindful? I don't know. It came about naturally, but it wasn't something I set out to do. And then when I thought of it, it clicked, like it made sense. Like, let's use all my fabric and let's be mindful in what we're doing here. Yeah, for sure. What are your long-term goals for Sarah Joy? Where do you see that? Where do you want to see the business in the next, say, five years? So this is a hard question because I don't think I spend enough time thinking about this. I, I really am so focused on like, you know, the next week, the next month, the next three months. And then like now I'm thinking the next year, but I, I mean, I can't wait to see the collection grow. I'm working on new wholesale partnerships, growing my community has been amazing. And my network, I think one of my favorite parts about this is meeting new people, meeting new customers who get to have that empowered and happy feeling from what I'm doing. So I guess in five years, I would love to be like, have more touch points to more people through yeah. stores, through events um, nationwide. Globally. Yeah. Hell, let's go Globally. worldwide. Never mind yeah, nationwide. Let's go world. Right, right. Why am I, <laughs> right. Why am I selling myself short? Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop playing small. Let's go big here. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're up. Let's keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Now, I noticed on your website that your pieces are one size. Why did you decide to go that route for your pieces? Can you explain your decision behind doing things that way as opposed to having your usual extra small, small, medium, large, extra large, double XL, all of that stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, this is a decision that is hopefully short term, but it really is a business decision. How can I bring this collection to market in the most practical way, you know, carrying sizing, you have to have more inventory, it's more expensive. And it was kind of like I laid out my business plan with how can I get myself as few barriers to entry, if you will, into doing this and doing one size was sort of an obvious because I have to create less. It's easier. It's an accessory. I can, I, you know, what I'm creating is clothing, but it's kind of like an accessory type of clothing because, you know, you bring it to the beach and, So I create the styles with drawstrings, with tassel ties at the shoulders, and I'm definitely aware that it is not one size fits all. It's one size fits most. And I, without a doubt, hope to be growing into like additional size ranges going forward. But for now, it's really just a smart business decision to test the waters, make sure that this is 
you know, well-received, which yeah. it has been so far. And when the need comes for additional sizing, we're like, you know, well, then we'll approach that when the time comes. So you personally design each piece in your collection, correct? Yes. I'm the only designer. I'm the only everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wear so many, many hats. I wear all the hats. Yeah. As most yeah. solo <laughs> yeah. do, right? Yes. Where are your pieces manufactured and what were some of the deciding factors for you on where they are manufactured and how? So everything is made in India. Um, I create the artwork here myself, and then I render it digitally for production standards. And then I work with my factory. And this was also a business decision similar to the sizing one. How can I get this business off the ground faster, more logically? And I have a factory that is a that does everything. So they do it's it's what you would call full garment production. So they do the fabric printing, the cut and sew and the finishings all in one place. And they handle all of it for me, which as you know, one person running a business, then I don't have to be managing a fabric mill as well as a cut and sew factory and all the finishings in between and everything and the shipping costs. So it keeps costs down and logistics are just easier with one person that I speak to. Oh, for sure. That just yeah, definitely makes it much easier. It's like a blessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many collections do you currently have available and how often do you change up your collections or pieces or add to them? So it's kind of like a rolling additions depending on when things get here. And because I'm not fast fashion and I, I want these collections to last, I'm not in a rush to replace them as I grow, but I do launch two collections per year, one for summer and one for resort. So right now I have resort up for, cause I'm New York based, you know, for all the vacation season yeah. here. And then the big collection will be spring, summer, but really like a late spring, summer, somewhere like April. Okay. So what kind of lead time do, does your factory that you work with need then when you send them a collection of prints, what's the timeline from when you send so... it to when it comes back to you done? It's pretty short, actually. I'm very lucky. Depending on the fabric and the quantity, it could be anywhere. Well, and it's also if we're talking about like a fabric sample or yeah. a dress sample or production, those answers are all sort of different, but anywhere okay. from three three weeks to 90 days, and which is not that long. So they send the pieces back to you and then you ship them out to your customers? Yes, exactly. Okay. I have fulfillment in, right out of my house. Beautiful. Yeah. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? I would say the, so I do a lot of in-person events that are so much fun where I get to speak directly on the floor with customers. And when you have a customer come up to, a, you know, something like I've put so much energy and love into what I'm doing. And when they have this emotional reaction to it, yeah. where they approach the garment rack and they're you know, they can't get over how amazing it is and they need it and they want to gift it. Or or when someone has that, that is like, this is amazing. It's so fulfilling and exciting. And, you know, it it makes me want to create more. And it's really, I would say the second part of that is when a customer tries on something or gets something in the mail and writes me a note, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I finally got the thing I wanted. I can't wait. I feel so good in it. You know, it's really like that in spreading that positivity. And when it, when it really works, like when it clicks for somebody, yeah. that is so amazing. No feeling like it. Yeah. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? I would say kind of similar to what I just said about empowering mm. other women, but also 
this is a business and to make money to provide for my family. Yeah. You know, and I think my kids are really little, so they're three and five and my son is five. And I think he's just starting to like, even understand, like that's mommy's office. That's, this is the stuff I make. And so I think it's cool to see, you know, like how they're going to feel about it in a few years when they understand it more. I think that inspires me too. And to provide for my family, for sure. I'm curious, since you are very big on the empowerment mission and empowering other women, what do you do at home to empower your children? Your boy, you have a boy and a girl, correct? A boy and a girl, yeah. So what do you do? I love for the boy versus the girl for empowerment. (laughs) Nothing really different boy versus girl. Same for both. I would say to keep it like to start simply in the car on the way to daycare every morning, we say, I'm going to have a great day today. And I make (laughs) them say it back to me. Yeah. And they say, I'm going to have a great day today. And then we like, we say it a few times and and puts everyone in a good mood. And I sometimes make my son say it at the bus stop. (laughs) I once was given this advice in the mirror, like when we're in the mirror, we say, I love my beautiful body. Yeah. We talk about like body positivity and just a lot of encouragement in art, actually, because that's my background and my passion. We do a lot of art projects here. And I think creating art as a child is one of the most amazing miracles in the world because children are not afraid to hold back and they're not afraid of what they put on paper like adults are. And so their art is so fascinating. And I think it can build confidence when they create art that's cool. And, you know, I don't know, cool is not the right word, but like when they create art, it's beautiful. And then it can be a way to say like, look what you made. This is so amazing. Even if it's a scribble, you know, and it's a way to build confidence. And I would say that this is not something I thought about before, but I think that is probably a way that I'm empowering my kids as well. Love it. Art is truly incredible. I think that these lessons of art should be all kids should have to have art as a staple of their curriculum in schools, whether it be music, painting, drawing, whatever it is. I think so too. All of it. I I actually truly believe adults should as well, because I think that art is like a form of meditation for me. It's, it's relaxing. It's like, even if it's doodling, even if it's drawing repetitive lines and circles, it's, it's a way for your brain to like clock out and relax and it's healthy. So, you know, I encourage every parent to sit down and color with their kid. If you feel like you can't do it alone, you know, it's a good excuse. Well, I mean, whatever form of art that may be to each individual, whether it be music or like I said, painting, drawing, photography, all of it. I mean, art Mm -hmm. should be highly encouraged, I think. And yes, more adults need to get into the art world because of how beneficial the effects of it are. And yeah. I think that we as adults tend to forget what it's like to be a kid. As you mentioned, the innocence of kids with their art and they're so free and they don't hold back and they don't care what comes out on the paper. I think yeah. we should practice some <laughs> of these principles in life as adults that it's okay to be a kid every once in a while. You, we shouldn't forget what it feels like to be a kid and yeah. not just artistically, but just in general. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah I, I so agree. And not everything needs to be so calculated. We're not robots. We're humans Yes, with emotions. It's interesting when you said photography, it reminded me because also, so during the pandemic, I created a new ritual for myself where I, the only time I had for myself since my kids were home and they were even younger, obviously, is I would wake up really early and watch the sunrise and I would take a photo of it yeah. and sort of, it would be like, look at this moment. Here I am grateful to be alive. Like 
you know, it was yep. a really dark time, obviously. And mm-hmm. I would take a picture of this, the beautiful, like colorful sunrise. And over time, now it's been 18 months or longer, who knows how long. And my son started witnessing me do it. And yeah. now in the morning, sometimes if he thinks the sky looks pretty, he'll say, mommy, where's your phone? Let's take a picture. <laughs> I love it. And it's because it's so cute. And what I realized is like, I have taught my child, like by, you know, they do what you do, not what you say. Yes. By doing this thing, I have taught my child to like pay attention to the sky. Like that yep. is so cool. It is um, for sure. It's like become this form of like art that we do where we're like, let's find the best sunrise every morning. It's like, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Photography is truly, that's my art form. And I I love that art form. And I mean, thinking about you capture a moment in time that you can never, ever recapture again. That one split second can never be captured again the same way. Yeah. It's it's an amazing art form. It is. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Sarah, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would say my positive mindset and my positive outlook, which is sort of just how I was born and how, who I am. I've always been a positive person, but also another one that I just thought of is maybe the fact that I'm detail oriented. I want to say it's a being detail oriented battles the word perfectionism, which is not a good thing. But if you could find the positive parts of being a perfectionist, like being detail-oriented, yeah. I think has been part of my success. So speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you personally? So someone actually just asked me this recently, and I've been thinking that one of my goals was to do this and start this business, and I'm doing it. And so I think that I'm successful because I'm doing it. Because instead of just leaving it in my brain or on paper as a plan, I'm acting on it. And so I feel successful. You know, of course, there's the dollars and cents behind it. And there's the reactions person to person, store visit to store visit. But the fact that I'm acting on my dream and designing my own clothing line, like sometimes I have to pinch myself and I'm even doing it. Like I made this happen for myself. I'm like, this yeah. is insane. How did I even do this? <laughs> so it's like, well, there you go. Like I'm successful because I'm doing it. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I think compassion for others alongside with forgiveness, maybe like as a young person who is sensitive and it's easy to have like feelings hurt or think that somebody said something that's not nice. Or I think as an adult, you realize, I realize more now, like people are going through their own stuff. And maybe that person is actually just sad, or maybe that person has something going on and like really having compassion for the people around you and compassion also for myself. It's just like, feels like it takes the edge off of everything. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? In 2019, I lost my job in fashion when I was commuting to this city and the company I was working for closed and I had 24 hours notice. They basically brought us to work on a Monday and they said, tomorrow will be your last day at work. And my daughter was, I think, seven months old. And so my son was like two-ish years old, two plus. And that was like a starting point for me to launch this business, which I didn't realize at the moment, but it was in May of 2019. And that summer I spent every day walking for an hour by myself. I did a lot of meditating, a lot of listening to podcasts about 
entrepreneurship and started to really put this idea together of my business that I'd always wanted to do. But I think that was really the universe saying like, okay, now it's time. You just lost your job. You have a baby. I didn't want to go look for another job. And I think if I hadn't lost my job, like maybe I wouldn't have taken the leap to do this. It was a push you needed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was an interesting summer. And like, it really came together by the fall. Amazing. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Creating art for sure, because that's my relaxation and my favorite thing ever. But also (laughs) my adult answer is exercise, which is something like maybe I wouldn't have always said, but I think like I've proven to myself over and over again, like if you get really like exercise, like really does work. It's scientifically, it really works. I'm a better wife. I'm a patient person. I'm a better daughter. I'm a more patient mom when I exercise. So both of those, I guess. Who would you say in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? So I'm going to say two answers for this one. My husband, for sure, Mm -hmm. in my more adult life, for sure, without a doubt, would not be here doing this business if he wasn't supporting me the way he is. He has, from day one, never questioned that or never um, not taken me seriously in what I'm doing. And to any entrepreneur out there who is listening, you know, with the right support system, more is possible because you know, I don't have to apologize when I need to work. And his dedication to my business from afar has been outstanding. But my other answer is, I would say my grandmother, who is not alive anymore. I'm actually wearing her necklace right now is good luck for this conversation. I just feel like she was an entrepreneur in a different way. She wasn't working and didn't have her own business, but she was always running charity events and doing creative things in that way. And I think she would like be like flipping over the moon happy if she saw what I was doing today. I love that. It it gives you such purpose and joy to know that, you know, I mean, first of all, as a support system, a good support system is, I think, one of the most important things you need as an entrepreneur, for sure. If you don't have that, if you don't have that cheerleader in your corner, it makes Mm -hmm. it a very difficult journey. But to know that you have that and that your purpose behind it and you know, it, it just, it helps bolster what you're doing and, and feel good about what you're doing when you have that around you. Yeah. What does the word empowerment mean to you? I would say it's a feeling inside that is strength and a feeling that needs to be shared. I think it's like when, when you feel empowered, you need to share it with people and people need to know, but also you want to, them to feel that feeling as well. And there's also a pride that comes with it. I feel this good and I'm so excited for myself. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> and it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling yeah. to feel empowered. In one word, it's strength. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself, Sarah? I'm going to go with patience and that whole self-compassion thing and not racing the calendar. And if, like, if things don't get done, the world doesn't fall apart. Racing so the calendar. Like, I love that. You know, because like, otherwise you're just always racing the calendar and time disappears and it's hard to manage all these things like, and also build Legos and make lunches and <laughs> do the laundry, <laughs> the mom and, things, like right? all the other things that, you know, it's hard. So sometimes it's like surrendering to, I guess maybe surrendering is a good word, surrendering to like, it's okay to take a break and like not beating myself up. I'm getting better at that for sure. Yeah, That's key for sure. Yeah. What would you say is one of your biggest life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? Maybe not putting too much pressure on certain things. Like 
if there was a store I wanted to get into or something and it felt like a failure or maybe, you know, like stressing too much about things. And then it's like moving on, just moving on. I don't know, you know, like learning how to move on. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? (laughs) This is such a hard question. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Sunshine. I think sunshine. Ties in very well with your company. Sunshine. Yeah, I think sunshine. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next oh group of questions okay. just be three forward answers. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Happy. I'm surprised you didn't say sunshine. <laughs> colorful. <laughs> Happy and colorful. It's two words. <laughs> what would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Positivity, silliness, joyful, sparkly, okay. colorful, sensitive. I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Kindness to each other. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? More patience with my children. (laughs) That's a difficult (laughs) one for sure. It's impossible. Yes. Kids are very trying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, they are. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Oh my God, I don't even know. If I could change one thing about the world, like COVID would be over. Oh my God. <laughs> Climate change, gun yeah. control. So I wouldn't have to worry about guns in my kids' schools. Like I don't, <laughs> that people would be nice to each other, that people would just be nice. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't There's a lot of big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the nice one. Yeah. Entrepreneur life is? So much fun. The mom life is? Beautiful circus. I love that. That's a great one. I love that. It's a beautiful circus, right? Yeah. What's your favorite stress reducing activity? Coloring with markers. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. (laughs) Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? Yeah, sure. Um, When I was first launching my business, I met someone locally who became a mentor and now a friend um, who really gave me some amazing guidance in business development that set me on the path for success without a doubt. And a cheerleader, someone in your corner supporting. Yeah, really. A real cheerleader who has continued to stay that way. And in the beginning, when we didn't know each other, it was, a you know, it, it felt like, why do I even deserve this kindness? This is amazing. Yeah. But she believed in me and it's cool. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Flexibility, for Mm -hmm. sure. Trust in the flow of things, how they're Mm -hmm. going. And boundaries. That's a good one. Boundaries. That's a hard one though. (laughs) Oh, for sure. That's a very hard lesson. Definitely. (laughs) I don't even think that's just necessarily relatable to entrepreneurship. I think life. Like life. Life. Oh my God, life. Yeah, it's a hard one. What is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? I think I'm good at wearing a lot of hats and changing focus quickly. Those are necessary skill sets to have for sure. Yeah. What is the best version of you look like, Sarah, when you close your eyes and imagine it? Like with a tan on the beach with a margarita in my hand. (laughs) 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 Or also maybe like just really content designing in my office and like, I don't know, going out to dinner with my husband after to celebrate getting into a new store, something like that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Those good answers. Yep. For sure. What is your personal motto? Trust the process. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Trust the process. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? 
I think it would be a billboard anywhere. It would have a picture of something from my collection this year that's rainbow colored, really colorful, really beautiful shot of my sarong. That's like my signature print. And it would say, life's not that serious. Wear color. Something like I that. love it. And I would put it like, oh my God, I don't know, in Times Square. <laughs> there you go. I knew yeah. that was I knew that was gonna be your answer. In Times Square on Fashion Week. No, I put it about like Lincoln Center on Fashion Week. You know, okay. something like that. Yeah. Something about wearing color for sure. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? I don't even know if I have an answer. You've asked me such good questions. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more about my design process because it's fun to share, but I, I think this was so fabulous. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us a bit about your design process then? Okay. I, I would say more sharing more about my artwork that I create for my prints. Um, okay. Cause I'd like to emphasize that. I think it's important that it be known because then, you know, everything I create is unique and you won't find it anywhere else. I have a blue sarong that comes from a watercolor painting I did. My signature black print is an acrylic, a neon acrylic painting I did that I then digitally render into a stripe. My signature rainbow print comes from a woven paper project that I made where I color on paper and then I cut it up and weave it and then I digitally render it. I like to share some of the art behind what I'm doing because I think that it's important to know, you know, it's an important for me, an important part of my business. For sure. Art is a huge part of who you are. It's part of your life and part of your business, a huge part of your business. Mm -hmm. Sarah, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? To just not worry that things are going to work out because they always do. And, you know, as a creative person, there's always like a need for the creative fulfillment at work and jobs could be so tough and my bosses could be so, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are not great. And some of them are amazing. And it just, it ends up working out full circle and that my creativity would be used properly eventually. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? I would say that life is so short and to enjoy every moment. And when things feel down, focus on the small things to be grateful of in front of you, like the blue sky and your health and the family or friends that are in front of you. And to really try to enjoy every minute and to be present where you are, because if you're not, then where are you? You need to, you know, focusing on where you are brings true fulfillment. And life is also not that serious to be silly. Yeah, kid again. And laugh. Be, you know, and encourage laughter because yeah. it's good for you. Love it. Sarah, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. You are a truly inspiring and beautiful human being. The work you do is amazing and how you've tied that in with empowerment and helping to empower other women is just phenomenal. So thank you for all that you do. And I appreciate you taking the time to be here and welcome to the Empowerography community. I'm so honored and happy to have you here as a member. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on this podcast and um, to share my story with you. And it was such a pleasure to talk. So I really appreciate your time as well. This is wonderful. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Sarah Annapolin. She is the owner and founder of Sarah Joy. Thanks so much, Sarah. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too.
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.